Welcome to AIW's The Card Is Going To Change, presented by Smart Mark Video and the This Is Awesome Wrestling Show. We are back in studio. I'm your host, Glenn Moore, joined here by co-owners of Absolute Intense Wrestling, Mr. John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. This show is going to be about AIW against the world. A lot of stories from this show. And right off the bat, guys, I have to ask you, with the reputation that Teddy Hart has, uh, a lot of, you know, there's the Rocket Rolling Stone story about him, about promoters not wanting to work with him, the burnt bridges. Overall, how was your uh, experience not only working with, with Teddy, but personally, and you know, hanging out with him for almost two days? I love him. I don't think Biggins feels the same way. <laughs> uh, I liked him until Friday. I, I, he is... Everything that you read and hear is a 100% true times about 25. This guy is a fucking character. Uh, like, it's just such a weird experience to be around this guy for, uh, I, I was around him for three straight days. Yeah. And pff, I, I don't even know, like. I don't know how this guy exists in the world. Like, I don't know how, like, what happens when he's not involved in pro wrestling. Like, he's not at a show or at a booking. I can't even imagine this guy existing on, like, a Wednesday. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. like, living, living regular life. That does not, I, I don't think that occurs in the, heart, in the, uh, the life of, of Teddy Hart. Um, I, I love him. Biggins, Biggins I, I think, c- feels the complete opposite of that. <laughs> well, I mean, we could talk about uh, – thir- so he got in Thursday. The show's on Friday. So Thursday, Teddy Hart gets in, and uh, uh, Dave the Potato, the ref, uh, went to go get him. And Teddy does this thing where he says his debit card doesn't work in America, but he lives in America. Uh, so he made the potato charge all this, like, sushi for him and all this other stuff. So uh, then he was going to do a clinic at our school. So Thorne was there with Teddy and the potato and everybody else getting ready. And I walked in a little late and I looked well, for well, before you get to that. The potato dropped him off at the hotel in which potato had to put his card down for incidentals. Instead of Teddy, Because <laughs> his debit card doesn't work in America, but he lives in America. Well, I'm surprised potato has a debit card. Oh, well, oh, potato has ma- many potato uh, has many ways of getting money and currency and. Uh, that's a whole nother episode. Uh, if you want to talk to potato, I heard the potato's a game show host now. Yeah, uh, well, uh, so potato dropped him off, and uh, I had to go pick him up for this clinic. So I, you know, I just go to the, you know, whatever the, the front door, the like carport or whatever you want to call it at the hotel, where you just like go and like wait for someone to come outside. And I'm like, hey man, I'm here. And she's like, hey man, uh, do you mind coming? coming up for a minute and i'm like oh fuck what is this about to be, dude? here we go yeah and i'm just like oh man so i'm like sure which i had no idea what i was walking into because he had been alone in a hotel room for about three hours at this point and oh boy. god only knows what he could have wrangled up in three hours time so i go in there you know i, I go to his room i knock on it he opens it up He's got Mr. Money in the sink. There's championship belts all over the fucking place. Like, what? I have no idea where. Like, this guy must have had five championship belts just spread all over the fucking room. I, I don't even know where they were from. 
And he was just like, hey, you know, he's so, he's so nice. You know, hey, sir, how are you, sir? I'm happy to meet you, sir. You know, I'm Ted Hart, sir. Uh, and I'm just like, I can't even listen to what he's saying because I'm just, I'm just taking it all in. You know, he's got... He's got a fucking diamond necklace on, like looks straight out of like a a rap video from 1995. <laughs> I don't know, 100% fake. There's yeah, I was no gonna say, I don't think they were diamonds. Yeah, no way this is real. Uh, and like, you know, he's just okay. You know, let's uh, let's go do this clinic. I had no reason to go to this hotel room at all, except for I think he just wanted me to see all his championship belts that he. Which had I don't even know if they like are real things. Did he bring them to the show? I don't think they were scattered around when he had a, his table. I, I, Dude, I have no idea. Because he didn't take photos with anybody with him. So I, it's not like Severin where he had them laying around and, and whatnot. I don't know. He had a lot of championship belts, though. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. He travels with them. And, uh, you know, we're leaving at, to go to my car. And then he's like, oh, hey, man, I need to get a coffee. So he stops at the hotel bar. He gets a coffee. He's just talking to the bartender. And he just starts signing, like, unsolicited autographs for people in the bar. <laughs> like, nobody knows who this guy is. He just, he just signing autographs and just says, Teddy Hart, YouTube me. And he's, oh just, he's, just, he's just giving them to people. And, like, the bartender's, like, a collegiate wrestler. Like, you know, he's probably wrestled. This guy must be in his 50s at this point. And Teddy is just, you know. Telling him to YouTube him and this and that. And then the guy goes, oh, you know what room are you in? You know, so I can charge the coffee. Teddy gives him. Teddy's on the first floor. Teddy gives him a room in the 300s. (laughs) So whoever was staying in room 326 at the Marriott got charged for a coffee around 5 p.m. on a a Thursday. Um, And then, you know, we we go or I drive him to, uh, to the clinic, which. We can barely get people to show up for wrestling school. Well, Teddy Hart's in town, man. It is a full house. Sold out at the AW Wrestling School. How many? I would I would say 15 to 20 people All right. are just there because they want to get the full experience in. Um, and he just goes into it. And I guess I'll, I'll throw this to Biggins as, as, you know, I we were probably there for about 20 minutes and Biggins rolls in. Uh, yeah, I walk in and Teddy Hart and Ryan Kaplan uh, are on the top rope doing Canadian Destroyer off the top. Yeah, he just was just like, hey, guys, I don't know what level you're at, you know. And then all of a sudden it's just like Canadian Kaplan's like, I want to do a Canadian Destroyer. He's like, OK, let's do it off the top rope. <laughs> oh, my God. He had like and then uh, I'll say this is he had this weird like presence about him of instilling no fear in these guys. Uh, anybody that got up from doing a spot, he'd grab them, bro hug them and go, you're the best fucking worker I've ever seen. You're a good professional wrestler. Have confidence in your abilities. You're a great professional wrestler. And like these guys were like really buying it. And then they would go, all right, Teddy, I want to try this suplex. And they'd go and like Teddy would like walk through it like regularly in the ring and then they would go to do it, and it was like it almost reminded me like this is going to be such an obscure reference, but the Karate Kid Part Three, where like Danielson's training with John Silver, and uh, he does it like on a punching bag, and then 
he'd be like, no, Daniel, you'll try it on this wooden thing that's going to break your whole body. Well, Teddy Hart would do it like a walkthrough in the ring, and then they would get ready to do it. Be like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. How about you guys go do that off the top rope? Everything was off the top Everything rope. Everything that anyone wanted to do was off the top oh my rope. God. I want to do a rude awakening off the top. Yeah, everything was off the top rope. Um, so it was, it it was an experience, um, to to say the least. But I, I, our one one student, Josh number two, as we call him, he had been training for about two weeks. Teddy Hart had uh, given him his address and invited him to move in with him already, <laughs> and uh, was. Uh, I think he called Josh number two's parents looking for some sort of permission slip <laughs> to, uh, he loved him. He wanted him to move wherever he lives. He legit wanted, wanted him to take him to, uh, you know, to live with him, which I see a lot of potential in you, but, uh, you know, the same thing happened to flip Kendrick years ago and he held, I, you know, it's not really our story to tell, but Teddy Hart did hold flip Kendrick hostage for seven months. <laughs> so we had to, we had to tell Josh number two that, as Probably much as you love Teddy yeah. Hart, and Josh number two is straight out of high school, just graduated in June, eighteen years old, so he was he was all about Teddy Hart, and uh, we had to tell Josh number two, "Hey man, it's probably a bad idea because your family may never ever see you again." And uh, so Teddy Hart is teaching this clinic, and he gets out of the ring, and like I went up and introduced myself. And he kept looking at me funny, and we'll get to that later why he's looking at me funny. Yeah, he's like eyeing Biggins up, and uh, well, I guess we because he knows I know. He was probably trying to you know get you get in the ring to do a Canadian story off the top rope, maybe. <laughs> so I mean, long story short, we end up you know he, he's trying to convince everyone to go to the strip club with the cat um, in the middle in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the clinic, and uh, <laughs> oh, and Josh Josh number two goes, I'm only 18 years old. And he gives Josh to his driver's license and like messes up his hair and goes, Oh, he could be me brother. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he gives him his ID. Josh, I think may still have Teddy Hart's actual driver's license. Um, I got my passport brother. And, uh, so we end up just going to like a TGI Fridays to eat and really assess this strip club situation. Uh, because I'm thinking we got to run a show the next day. I don't know what's going to happen if we go to a strip club on a Thursday night with a cat. <laughs> um, so we end up drinking and stuff like that. And then te- uh, and Teddy Hart got a soup. He really likes soup. But uh, Teddy keeps looking at Biggins and it's very, it's very odd. <laughs> and I get, I get a couple, uh, I get a couple gin and tonics in me and I go, Teddy, I got to ask you something, man. He goes, what? I go, you don't remember this. But we, we met you about six or seven years ago, and you took us to a diner, and you gigged your mouth to get well, free no, food. No, no, no. You said the diner part, and I go, yeah, you fucking gigged your mouth. Okay, yeah. Biggins was, Biggins was having none of Teddy Hart from, from Jump Street. <laughs> and Teddy looks at Biggins, and he goes, this is why I've been looking at you weird for the last few because hours. I knew I've seen you before. He goes, I knew that you were there for that, which was Totally, I don't, I don't know if he knew or not, but, but it was knew, very he weird. He knew I was on to him. Yeah, big fucking crack detective Biggins over here was on to him. <laughs> doesn't forget anything. Oh, yeah, doesn't forget anything. Um, but I mean, we could go on about Teddy Hart. We'll get to more about him later. But overall, about the show, the the whole concept of the show came because Tommy End was available. That was it. 
he was the only person that was booked. Like, uh, we had been in contact with Tom Yen for like probably two years trying to line something up. Yeah, because like Ray Rowe was begging for Tom Yen for but not even that long. even before Ray Rowe though, we're, like we had been talking yeah. to him and he's just never available. And like we weren't gonna, you know, we aren't really in the position to fly too many people over from Europe just on unless a whim. they're great. So, uh, you know, through Ray Rowe and Tommy Ann, Ray, they they determined like that August twenty sixth, Tommy End has nothing going on, and if we book a show that day, you know, we can book Tommy Ann versus Ray Rowe. So uh, we kind of went with that and had no plan whatsoever. Uh, we just booked Tommy Ann, we booked Ray Rowe, and they were like, okay, what else are we gonna do for a fucking show? Because it's Basically the first, you know, first show after Absolution besides a girls' night out. And we typically would do, like, a Battle of the Sexes or some sort of, like, weird concept show here. So we kind of decided to, like, pull a rib on the wrestling industry. So, like, it was a joke to us. I don't think anyone else realized it was a joke or even cares that it was a joke. But we were just kind of like, you know, everyone does these fucking dumb dream cards that mean nothing at all. Uh, So let's just do it. Just to, just to show that we could do it if we want to, but we just don't. So then we just start contacting all these obscure people like Nate Webb, which was that was a you know that was Biggins's dream guy for years. Oh yeah, that's been a bucket list forever. I don't know how how many times you've tried to book Nate Webb. <laughs> yeah, that's one time we almost had Nate Webb in a jailet, and. The deciding factor on why he almost did it was we had a wrestler named Jerry because he went and looked at a wrestler or like our roster page on the website and he goes, "Who the fuck is this Jerry guy? He's got a <laughs> he's got a hell of a look on him." <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a picture we uh, stole from a wedding, I think. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it never worked out, and finally through Mike Burns and all these different people, uh, Homicide, Eddie Kingston, Nate Webb, I think called anybody in his phone that ever worked for us. Yeah. He finally agreed to do it, so you know that that was that was cool for us because Nate Webb is from that like what I feel is that golden age of indie wrestling that you're never going to replicate yeah, ever like again. Two thousand or two thousand three, yeah, just like those early two thousands were just uh, it's just a weird time if you know people never you know seen anything from that era. It's just so it's so different and it's so like. You know, independent wrestling had been around forever, but those those early two thousands were, I feel like, the real defining moments of like the independent wrestling that you see today, where it wasn't just you know like a random legend on a show and a bunch of like half assed you know trained wrestlers, like the early two thousands and you know the era that Nate Webb you know burst through on that was kind of the what I think shaped modern and independent wrestling i mean look who, who else you know is the punk cabana hero uh nate webb samoa joe danielson yeah that's just like that golden era uh so getting nate webb w- was cool to us and we just you know we just started trying to put together this like really obs- like dream card but we also had to make it s- obscure so it was still aiw you know on this on the same you know token or whatever you want to call it like and, and like a lot of uh stuff just fell in our laps like you know cabana was like oh shingahiro eerie was in the uh, country um triton yeah triton was a that was a weird thing that, that you, was uh that was i usually get stuck with dealing with the luchadors uh and using whatsapp <laughs> slash google google messenger or like google translate 
Uh, Biggins got stuck dealing with Triton. Yeah, uh, Chris Zellner from like uh, Beneath the uh, Sheets or Between the Sheets podcast and a bunch of other podcasts. Beneath the Sheets, man, that sounds uh, sounds like a porn podcast. <laughs> six oh five, the super. Or no, he's not on six oh five. Well, he's a uh, he's a podcast. Uh, You're fucking up, your fucking putting him over, dude. I know, I know. He's uh, on like a lot of major podcasts. Big guy on Twitter. Uh, he had DM'd me. This guy's gonna be in the uh, country. So like, I hit this guy up, and man, it's hard to talk via Google Translate to these people. Like, Laredo speaks some English. This guy speaks zero English. Plus, Laredo has kind of like a handler. Yeah, yeah, he has a manager. So, uh, funny story about Triton though. Uh, Laredo uh, comes up to me at the show, and he goes. This guy, and he's pointing at Triton and laughing, he goes, this guy thinks you speak Spanish. But I, t- I told him, no, Google app. <laughs> yeah. Like, Laredo spoke perfect. Laredo's never spoken good English at any of our shows. Speaks perfect English when Triton's there. Oh, and I just want to bring up Chandler being a sense of urgency to get these luchadors. We're sitting at, uh, we're sitting at Bob Evans with uh, Michael Elgin uh, at, like, 10.30 in the morning or whatever, and I go... I go, hey, who's getting Triton? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I, I sent out a message to, for somebody to go get him. I go, okay, who responded? He said, nobody. I said, what time does he land? He said, 10, 15 a.m. <laughs> and I go, okay, so who's going to get him? He goes, I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I knew it would be handled, and it was perfectly handled. <laughs> perfectly handled. The potato, the potato found him. No, the potato went to go get Laredo Kid, and Laredo Kid found Triton. <laughs> Laredo Kid, the wanderer, found Triton wandering around Cleveland Hopkins Airport. <laughs> it was handled. Oh, yeah. I knew I knew everything would come together. Did you really know that everything yeah. was going to come together? I don't know if you knew everything was going to come together. But speaking of Elgin, it was awesome to have Elgin back for the first time since uh, we talked on a previous episode about the Russell Rager where he was uh, stuck in Canada, and then he got an exclusive deal with uh, Ring of Honor. So it was about, what, two and a half years that we were waiting for Elgin. And two, then he, two years? I think it was probably almost two years to the two date. Two years? Yeah, and then he was available for this show, too, so we tossed him on. I love having him around. Yeah, and, you know, there's been other times where we were, had him booked, and then, you know, his J- Japan obligations. Oh, a couple times, yeah. Came, like, came into play. So it was nice to have him back, even if it was, you know, just for – uh, a one-off as you know it was supposed to be at that point um and then you know we wanted to bring the jollyville fuckets back they had been ready to come back for about six months uh so we thought this would be a, the perfect opportunity to to do something with those guys and re, you know kind of re uh you know reintroduce them to the you know to the aw fans and then we knew that there'd be enough people that remembered them uh, and for all the newer fans, we were hoping that they would just kind of jump on board. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Somebody who What's, had to, who was BJ Whitmer supposed to wrestle initially and had to cancel? Oh, it was originally going to be BJ versus Sean Schultz, and then Lewis Linden versus Chris Hero. Oh yeah, Chris. But Hero then Chris came. Hero got hurt. So then last minute or like the week of the show, he tweeted that he canceled, and we were looking for somebody. And we couldn't find anybody until the we very tried, last minute. We tried some weird people. I'm trying to think of the all the people that we tried because I know we were like sending out messages to everybody. Yeah, we tried so many people, and I can't think of any either off the top of my head. Like, literally, we were like trying 
anybody and everybody. Uh, but just and then I love I love the guys that email or uh, text us going, heard uh, Chris Hero canceled. I'll replace them. Like nobody. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like just like random, you know, just random wrestlers. Like we're like we're reaching out to anybody that could be like you know a suitable replacement for Chris Hero, which is really it. It's really hard to do, you know, right now because there aren't a lot of like of those top tier, like over established, you know, well established guys uh, on the independent. Yeah, because if you're up that level, usually a Ring of Honor or a New Japan or a WWE are already picked you off. Yeah, so it was like, you know, it was just a a super weird thing that you know he he canceled and we we're like, fuck, you know. W- who, what, what can we do? And, uh, you know, I'm going through my phone, I'm texting people. I'm like, you know, every single person I reach out to is unavailable. And then I'm talking, you know, I'm talking to different people. I'm talking to, you know, like Colin Delaney and all these different people. And Colin goes, Oh man, is, uh, is Jimmy Wang Yang? Is he still in Ohio? And I go, Oh shit. Yeah. And I had his phone number from when, Kurt Hawkins missed his flight in June for Klopek, and he was one of the guys that we were going to reach out to, but it, we ended up getting Shane Douglas. So I text Jimmy Wang Yang, and uh, he was like, hey, can you call me? Which I fucking, I hate phone calls, man. I hate talking to people on the phone. So I call him, and he's like, hey, um, I just want to let you know I haven't wrestled in three years. <laughs> and I'm like, well, do you think you can wrestle? He goes, I mean, I don't know, you know, like he's like, I'm, you know, still in good shape, but I just haven't been, I haven't done anything in three years. He's like, I run a, a, the redneck party bus empire in Cincinnati. He's like got this whole fleet of redneck party buses and limos and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, but, uh, to be honest, I have nothing going on this Friday. This, you know, I, I contacted him, I think on Wednesday. You know, in the shows on Friday. And didn't he say, like, this was the first Friday in years he just happened to have nothing? Yeah, he's nothing? like, he's like, I honestly happen to have nothing, but I just haven't, I haven't wrestled in, in three years. He's like, what, uh, can I think about it? And I'm like, well, yeah, but the show's in two days. Like, how, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. how long do you need? How, how long are you needing to think? You know, like, hours, days? And uh, he was just like, uh... Let me call Colin Delaney and let me call BJ. And he calls those guys and, you know, they talk. And he texts me back. He's like, "Ah, hey, let me, can I call you again? I'm like, sure. And he's like, listen, he's just like, I'm really nervous. He's like, I think I can do it, but I'm really nervous. Uh, And I was like, well, you know, BJ Whitmer. I was like, what if it's you versus BJ Whitmer? And I switched some things around. And he goes, well, if it's me versus B.J. Whitmer, he goes, I think I'll be there. I'll, yep, I'll be there. Uh, well, hold on. Let me call you back. And I'm like, is he in? Is he out? Is he in? Is he out? And then 15 minutes later, he texts me. He goes, all right, man, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, and then he starts, like, tweeting about the show. And I'm like, okay, this is fucking weird. Yeah. And he, like, rolls in with this, like, 22 year old girl and they try to do this I love wing thing and it 
Jimmy, you could tell he's been out of the scene for about three years because they tried to do all this like attitude era like like stuff. I love Wang. Yeah, that just what does not work. But what was funny was she, you know, she was just in the crowd. Nobody's ever seen her before, and half the fans had already seen her eating with Jimmy Wang Yang at Happy Dog earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, Jimmy Wang Yang got in there and he fucking tore it up, man. You couldn't, yeah. t- you couldn't tell that he didn't wrestle in three years. He was years. feeling it, and. uh so, you know, that that ended up being pretty fucking And awesome. then uh, back to Nate Webb, you know, Jimmy Wang Yang had not wrestled in three years. Right before Nate Webb's about to go out the curtain, he goes, hey, guys, just to let you know, this is my first singles match in three years. I'm real nervous. Yeah, he was super, like, so, you know, as much as we wanted to make this a dream, like, this dream card, it was more, like, it just started turning into this, like, weird kind of circus of, like, people that we put together, like, you know. Nate Webb hadn't wrestled in, you know, he did a couple tag matches, but he hadn't done really anything in no singles matches in three years. years. Jimmy Wang Yang hadn't done anything in years. Teddy Hart was basically in obscurity for, I don't know, like a decade, a decade. Uh, so, it, and then Triton just kept hugging me saying I'm his amigo. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I think that's what he said. Um, and then, you know, like, uh, Crazy Mary, she had, you know, she had hit me up and she was just like, hey, I want to wrestle for Adobe one last time. I'm going to be unavailable soon. Uh, so, you know, we did her versus Britt Baker just to get, you know, just to have her on one last time. Because we were like her, what, third match, I think. Yeah. And like to see what that, what Crazy Mary has turned into is kind of is mind boggling. Like what was her first girls night out? Like girls night out four or five or something? Uh, five against uh vintage Heidi, <laughs> the vintage vixen Miss Heidi. <laughs> which I put that match on YouTube, and if you go to the AW YouTube and you watch that match, and if you if you <laughs> you watch that match and you said one day one of these girls is going to be in the WWE, and the other one's probably the top indie girl. Yeah, the other one's probably the top you know indie girl on the scene right now, like. You would be like, yeah, fucking right. I don't think Heidi, I don't think Heidi's ever been mad at anybody more. Oh, Heidi life. wants <laughs> Heidi wants to fucking kill me because I put that match on she YouTube. She yells at me, and I I don't put I didn't put it up. And I was like, Heidi, I'm trying to show your evolution of where you started. <laughs> she wants my head on a platter for putting that match on YouTube. Miss Heidi. The vintage vixen, we Miss Heidi. We didn't even book Miss Heidi. She, she rode with other people. Yeah, and we just had a spot for the vintage vixen. And, <laughs> you know, here she is, you know, all these years later, you know, the, the AIW women's champion. Watching that match, I would never think either of them would be anything. And, of course, you know, our boy Laredo Kid was there. Yeah. Uh, I, I had very, very minimal interaction with Laredo Kid. Uh, no stories of him going missing to my knowledge. Oh, because Triton took all his heat. Because he was actually wrangling up Triton, <laughs> making sure he didn't go missing. Like, how do these lucha shows in actual Mexico happen? Like, do they just like randomly walk in and like there's a show or what? My only, my the very minimal interaction was Laredo Kid uh, making long posts on Facebook in Spanish about how much he loves the accommodations of AIW because he was in the Marriott, so he was just taking pictures and putting them all over oh, social media. And this, he really liked the swimming of, pool. Of him in the pool. <laughs> but he he was having pictures taken of him in the pool, but 
he didn't have his mask on, so he would put those like text stickers on his face. So like <laughs> his face would be like a giant, a giant, a giant smiley face with a tongue out, uh, all all over his Facebook. And uh, the only thing I said to him is, uh, I said, "Hey, Laredo." He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Laredo boot camp," because <laughs> because he tries to push. Uh, a yeah, personal, he, a, like him as a personal trainer on Facebook. He has his Facebook, own gym. Called, he has his own gym called the Laredo Boot Camp Gym where they just flip those fucking Ironically, tires. Ironically, it's in Laredo, Texas. They just flip those fucking tires around or whatever, you know, like the MMA guys do, those big giant semi tires. They just hit flip them with the And hit them with the fucking sticks or whatever it is they do. <laughs> so I just said, Laredo, Laredo Boot Camp. He goes, hi. I said, good job today. He goes, my fans, <laughs> my fans, I got to see my fans. <laughs> Esso. He didn't say esso. He said, ah, my fans. And that was, you know, that was my interaction with Laredo Kid. So I love Laredo. As far as I know, he did, he did not go missing. But we're going back to Menor soon in Laredo's book, so uh, we might. The last time Laredo Kid was in Menor, he disappeared for hours and walked around the corner with a full, large pizza. <laughs> that, was so, like, that was on the Clopec episode. So so keep your eyes peeled. At, if you want to meet Laredo Kid, he'll be doing an appearance at the Little Caesars in uh, Menor on the lake. Or Donato's. I don't know where the fuck he was at. <laughs> but... Uh, um, what else happened on this fucking show? We're getting way, 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 way off topic. Uh, uh, we could talk about Sean Schultz. That's a guy that's been like, kind of like on the periphery for like years. The what? What word? Is periphery. It? What is that? <laughs> is that a word? Is that a word? I don't think so. Can we get a definition on that? The per- the peripheral? Is that what you're trying to say? I don't know. What? What are you going for? Like, I was peripheral say- vision. I don't know. Uh, the periphery. He was a guy that like uh, we booked in 2010, and we kept trying to get back in, and never worked out. Yeah, like, Sean Schultz is one of those guys that, like, wrestles, like, six days a week in the South on a bunch of these, you know, promotions that don't really have any, like, internet presence. And, you know, this this guy has been working for, I couldn't even tell you how long, probably a decade at least. And he wrestles, he's a, he's a machine. It's just, he doesn't, he, he doesn't do anything that has much of, uh, you know, a presence on the internet to kind of, you know, get his name out there. So, you know, he had been kind of in touch with me a lot over the years and he's always pitching ideas and angles to come in. And, um, you know, since we came up with this show to where we were going to try, you know, to bring in new people and outside people, uh, we're like, yeah, you know, fuck it. Let's bring in Sean Schultz. You know, he's good. Uh, let's see what he can do. Um, and, you know, I think him and him and Lewis Linden did very well. They met, they meshed very well together. Well, what's like, if you ever compare like federations with like internet buzz with like, um, reality like there's shows in the south that you've never heard of that put like 5,000 people in an arena but you've never heard of them but like some feds are over with the internet and they draw 25 people so it's like a weird like uh difference in professional wrestling like when you compare the internet to like reality and I guess you know we'll get back to we'll get back on track with uh really the uh the main event of this podcast which will be uh the Teddy Hart versus Facade match uh, and I'll just let I'll just let Biggins just take take this one uh, and, and so, give give his give his entire thoughts on the situation. So Teddy Hart and Facade are in the ring for two to three hours before the show, <laughs> working out all these different spots. The fucking cats running with, around with the cat, yeah, with the cat. The cat's just laying on the top turnbuckle. We are trying to open doors. Give me one more minute. Give me one more minute. That's why, if you want to know why doors were delayed this show, it was because of Teddy Hart. Kept 
pushing it back, pushing it back. Finally, I sent security to kick him out of the ring because we were already so late opening doors. Finally. And we're trying to get that on track for people. If you the la- the fucking Gargano show, we opened up that on time. Yep. But we'll get to that later. So Teddy Hart almost has to be dragged out of the ring after because they were putting together this like uh masterpiece. So then Teddy Hart comes out, you know, playing to the crowd. Everybody's going crazy. Uh, I'm like real happy because I'm like finally Teddy Hart's, you know, in AIW. This is cool. You know, I'm all I, I'm all aboard the Teddy Hart train at this point. I turn around and say something to somebody saying something to me, and I turn back in the ring, and Teddy Hart's laying on the ground saying his leg is hurt. I can't believe you just said you were on the Teddy Hart train at all. To be honest. Yeah, I was on the Teddy Hart train until I turned away. <laughs> Literally, I turned away while the the first bell rings. I turn away to say something to somebody, and I turn back, and Teddy's laying in the ring hurting his leg. I go, this shit already. Teddy Hart is infamous. 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 Proffer. What did you say? What was that word? In the, pro, the proffy? Periphery? Uh, <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, Teddy Hart is famous for... Fucking uh, going down with leg injuries, supposedly. Uh, this guy uh, has, for 15 years, every time he's supposed to do anything that he doesn't want to in professional wrestling, including having a match, he just goes down with a leg injury. So I look at this, and I am just so mad. I don't think I've ever been more mad than when I see Teddy Hart within two minutes of the match go down with a leg injury. And uh, we have an EMT check about, and the EMT goes, oh, man, he's screwed. And I'm thinking, this guy's on the take. Oh, my God. And then. These are the conversations I then then had with Chandler Biggins for nine straight days. Jake Clemens is, like, almost in tears. And I go, and and he goes, oh, my God, his leg is so bad. And I said, well, what did his leg look like before? I go, did you check it? He goes, no. Conspiracy Chandler Biggins is is out in full effect. I mean, it wasn't just you, Chandler. There's a lot of people backstage were thinking the same thing. uh, I thought it forever. I I thought it initially when I saw it happen. And then we go to the bar afterwards, and then Biggins is just fucking – Biggins is ready to fight Teddy Hart at the bar afterwards. Well, because – this guy supposedly has his life-ending injury. He gets, he, instead of going to the hospital, he goes, no, take me to the after party. Says, I want to have some cocktails with you guys. So he's at the bar with a bunch of girls. And the cat. And the cat. And he demanded that he got get crutches. And then all of a sudden, like, he's screaming at me because he wanted me to go hang out with him, and I refused to. Fuck Teddy Hart. <laughs> okay. Here comes here comes the the big and true feelings on Teddy Hart. <laughs> so Teddy is limping around, and I'm thinking it's it's not legit. We uh, watched this guy blade his mouth for a free salad once. So Jesus, yes. So I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little mad at Teddy Hart. Um, but I just decide to you know I I hang at the bar with you know other people that were there. I think uh, fucking I don't even know who was there. But uh, then, you know, he goes back to his hotel, whatever. I, I go to sleep. I text him. I let him know that there's a that there's a shuttle that will take him to the airport in the morning for his flight. Uh, he calls me. He was just like, hey, man, are we cool? I go, yeah, I guess we're cool. He goes, dude, my, I'm fucked. He sends me all these pictures of his foot. It looks pretty bad. 
He goes, I want you to come look at it in person. I say, well, give me some hours. And it wasn't me, but somebody in AIW uh, demanded that he take a picture of the ankle with a uh, newspaper from that day. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes. Because you can Google, you know, get pictures of broken ankles. So I'm really, try- I'm really trying to avoid it because at this point I think it is, you know, I, I still think it's fake too. Uh, and I'm just like, fuck, you know, I'm going to have to go face this guy and deal with this guy or whatever. So, uh, me and worldwide, Alex Kalar go, go to worldwide. We go to the hotel to, to get to the bottom of this. Biggins refuses. Biggins says he is not leaving to go. No, I went to a church to see Bobby Fulton that day. That's really why he said he didn't want to go. (laughs) I found out later once I saw the picture of him and Bobby Fulton in front of a fucking Jesus altar. Uh, so we go, like we go, and uh, his fucking ankle looks pretty bad. And I'm like, "Fuck, that looks pretty bad." He he didn't get on his flight; he missed his flight. But he books himself his own flight home and booked himself uh, another hotel room. Well, he booked his hotel room after the potato called and removed his card from incidentals. <laughs> and uh, Teddy had ordered soup on his on the incidentals. Potato and threw potato a, flipped. Potato threw a fit, and he called Teddy Hart and he let him know he could pay for that fucking soup himself. <laughs> potato is not not fucking paying for anybody's soup. So uh, his ankle looks pretty fucking bad. I take a picture of it myself. I send it to Biggins. He thinks it's fucking photoshopped and fucking. I'm like, this is- guy stopped at the Halloween USA store. He thinks he's- <laughs> Biggins is in the these arguments go on for nine days. He's telling me he's got FX makeup on. He had, you know, I was like, have you not seen those Facebook videos? Where he's got the like girl. A, yeah, he, he thinks the girls from the bar put some fucking blush on there. Because these girls at the bar, we have never seen them before, and all of a sudden, they're the ones nursing Teddy Hart back to health. He thinks he thinks this. He thinks they're Hollywood FX artists. I think everybody's on the take. I think this is some kind of Andy Kaufman uh, oh rib. God. He thinks it's like this big giant like. You know, a, elaborate scheme. I think Teddy Hart. Just he did thinks not he thinks wrestle. like he thinks like Teddy Hart like hired actors and like all this other stuff. And I'm just like, th- these are the legit conversations we're having. Like, this is no bullshit for the podcast. Like, there's no one else around, and we're having these conversations. Uh, we've been running AIW together since uh, pretty much since 2005, and I don't think we've ever gotten worse argument than over Teddy Hart. Because I'm like, dude, just come look at it for yourself. He goes, fuck that. I know what fucking Hollywood makeup looks like. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, his ankle is gigantic. Not only have I watched FX, but I've also watched FX2, the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. what two of his favorite films, by the way. So this is really feeding into his fucking... Shout cons- out to Brian yeah. Dennehy. Yeah, yeah ter- Teddy Hart hired the Walking Dead makeup people. He's... No, it's all. This is all based on these fuck those shitty fucking action movies, FX and FX Two. That they're not shitty. He, he fucking obsesses over. His three favorite movies are FX, FX Two, and Capricorn One. So, <laughs> well, conspiracy theory wise, they they're not in my top seven. So we're like screaming at each other, and I'm just like, dude, just come look at it because I I 100 thought it was fake too. But then I go out and looked at his ankle, and I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty fucking bad. So we fucking argue for nine straight days over <laughs> Teddy Hart. And I'm like in the middle of it, like a fucking kid with two divorced parents, because I got Teddy calling me, apologizing in tears. And say, he goes, and what did you say about me? He goes, I know the other guy hates me. Yeah, he says, I know, you know, I, I know the big guy hates me. 
big guy. But like, I swear to God, I am fucked up. I'm hurt. Like, and I'm trying to show, like, I'm trying to talk to Biggins and be like, look, man, I thought it was fake. Look at this fucking picture I took. I was there. And he is not having any of it. Worldwide. Biggins, man. Me and Worldwide went at it real bad, Yeah, they they start screaming at each other. And, and I kept going, Teddy Hart's, you guys are falling for it. He's a performance artist. This is like, yeah, he's a he's a performance artist. This is, this some, is like when Shia LaBeouf, or Shia LaBeouf or whatever watches all his movies in an elevator. Yeah, so I'm like, okay. So we argue for literally two weeks until the DVD comes out. Then I go, oh, well, he was just working himself in a shoot. So he sees that he really got hurt, but now his theory is is that he was trying to work the injury and he accidentally really hurt 100%. himself. 100%. I think this fucking guy was trying to do something to make it look like he was going to get hurt, and then by mistake, he gets hurt because this guy has learned how to fake injuries for 15 years, and this is how it is. Like... So as far as Teddy Hart goes, we have to agree to disagree. Teddy Hart has sent me x-rays where his ankle well, and part of his now. leg. I think we both think he got hurt, but I think he had bad intentions, and that's why he got hurt. You can't prove that. You cannot. You. So now he hates Teddy Hart because Teddy Hart really got injured yeah. on our show. Because he worked himself into a shoot. Yes. This is... This is what I have to deal with. And I got poor Teddy Hart calling me, crying me, saying, John, please, I just, can I have a place to work when I'm better? And I, I don't know what to tell him because Biggins thinks he worked himself into a shoot. Uh, and, yeah, so th- we will probably argue about this until the fucking end of time. So will Teddy Hart be back in AIW? I'm saying yes. I'm saying he better give us more than two minutes next time. Oh, that's not a no. I don't know. He's he's gonna get his money hung like by a fishing pole off the top rope, and he's gonna have to do a match first. What's he gonna have to do moon salts to yeah. get it every dollar? Every Who? every dollar he gets a moon. Every moon salt gets a like dollar. Like when Flip debuted, and yeah. the guy was standing in the entrance saying, "More flips." More and I flips. was doing that for the Johnny thing. Yeah. Who was more over, Mister Money or Teddy Hart? Oh, Mister Money. <laughs> Teddy Hart. I think Mister Money was more over. I'll say this, man. People fucking that motherfucker with the broken leg still went and did a Canadian destroyer on the fucking guardrail. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Oh my god. <laughs> he did it. It's it's in, it's in the DVD trailer. He did it. Canadian destroyer on the guardrail with a broken leg. It it was a Canadian destroyer like Lex Luger's body slam on Yokozuna. It yeah, was it like wasn't half, a full. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't full. That guy had a broken leg. Allegedly. Oh my. Let's, let's just, I want to get Brian Kedrick's take on this. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it was, it was, his leg was a hologram. Oh, my God. That's uh, it. I'm done, I'm done that, with this episode. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. The card is going to change. Written by AIW. Sponsored by Smartmark Video. And this is Awesome Wrestling Show. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Leave a rating as well. We truly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Say that one more time. I'm giving Teddy Hart your phone number.